You know, it's funny. Everybody gives, like I was saying, everybody gives Twilight shit for being a terrible book and everything. But yeah. I would argue that Ready Player One is worse. Because let me give you a bit of an example of like what the oh, author considers um, poetry. Okay, ready? Oh, God. Oh, I'm ready, baby. I've noticed that there doesn't seem to be any porno movies that are made for guys like me. What? <laughs> That's just the first line, my friend. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to read I'm just going to read you my favorite parts, okay? That is the opening line, by the way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All the porn I've come across was targeted at beer-swilling, bo- sports bar-dwelling alpha males, men who like their women stupid and submissive, men who can't, who can only get it up to monosyl- what? Monosyllabical. Yeah, thank you. Cock-hungry nymphos with gargantuan <laughs> breasts and the three-word vocabulary. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm not going to subject you to the whole thing. Oh, right. Because I think there's a video where he's reading it straight and it's... That's horrifying. Who can read that with a straight face? Yeah. And people are like cheering him on too. And it's like... Uh, Oh my God. These aren't real women. They're objects. These movies aren't erotic. They're pathetic. These vacuum-headed fuck buddies don't turn me on. They disgust me. It's not that I'm against pornography. I mean, I'm a guy, and guys need porn. Fact. No, they... like, oh my god. Fact. Like a preacher needs pain, like a needle needs a vein. Guys need porn. What? Now oh imagine god. somebody reading that to an audience of people, and they are cheering and celebrating. And Holy now imagine that guy has got, like, you know, Ready Player One it's a movie it, everybody's like saying it's the it's the hot ticket in town it's so great and everything and you're just sitting there like why, why i mean you? i'm sitting here like why and i didn't even read you the full thing i don't want to know it <laughs> good it's like i'd rather read twilight a bajillion times than have to listen to that speaking of which sagal i mean hello 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 <laughs> hello Welcome Hello. to... Oh, God, I just realized what you did. <laughs> I was waiting it. for that. Like, <laughs> why? You're, you're, you're hurting my poor old soul. I do that to my brother all the time. I'll just oh. go up to him and be like, Hello? It's like, no. And he's just like, no. All right. Oh, no, he'll go back. He'll go, Mr. Obama. <laughs> okay, no more memes. Mm. Um... Welcome to Afterlight, a retrospective of the Twilight Saga. I'm Malin. I'm Allie. And today we read, or not even today, the... Like past last, week or so. The past week or so, we've been trying to read the first four chapters and, you know, kind of get a sense of, like, why did we like these books? And, um, well, rereading it now that I've, well... <laughs> matured in the in the loosest of turns i'm really reeling to like sitting there reading it like i can't think of a good reason why i like this book do you want to go you know what Allie, my dear friend my sister from another mister mister yeah would you like to go first of your first impressions of the first four chapters um i can sure start um, so I know why I was really into it. My mom got me hooked on the series, actually, mm-hmm. 
because we found out it was by a Mormon author and, you know, I was raised Mormon, so that was, like, a huge deal. Mm. Freaking out, like, oh my god, and my mom was like, you have to read this, Allie, it's by a Mormon author, and and I didn't care about that, I still don't really care. Although I did find out the writer of the Maze Runner is also Mormon, but, um, which explains a lot, but... It does. It puts a lot of things in this book into perspective, really. Especially the khaki scene, but that's later. And (laughs) is it in this book, or is it like? It's. I think that's in one of the other ones. I can't remember. I just remembered the line because it's horrifying. But um, (laughs) a lot of these lines are kind of horrifying. Looking back, oh my god! I was like going through highlighting some of the ones that kind of stood out to me. Like I said, we'll get to that while we get to that. But yeah, I think that would be interesting. You were raised Mormon unfortunate i know yeah which you know and that was kind of a big deal for you right Mm -hmm. yeah so then i read it and you know i was kind of into that whole vampire thing and i thought it was fun and my mom was really passionate about it and i think that's probably what it was like i it was fun for me i liked it a lot so it was so but that was you know ages ago that was a million that was a million years ago yes so going back now can you like Oh God! These are. This is a question I've been asking. It's like going back, knowing that Stephanie Meyer was a Mormon. Can you like get a taste of like what that Mormon upbringing was probably like for her? Oh yeah. Like okay, here there's one I highlighted specifically in chapter two, where she said, where she goes. I don't know. Maybe this is just me projecting, but. Anyway, the line was when Bella goes, I didn't have any trouble with it. I said stung by his assumption. This is when Mike is like, oh, it's so good. Glad that you had Edward there to help you with the whatever because it's the with the sciencey stuff because it's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. And and so she goes, I don't have any trouble with it. I said stung by his assumption. I regretted the snub instantly. I've done the lab before, though, I added, before he could get his feelings hurt. And I was just like, oh, God. Like, that is so Mormon to just immediately be like, oh, I better apologize. I don't, I can't hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to do anything like that, you know, especially to men. So I was just like rolling my eyes because I have had that exchange. I have been raised with that thought process and I was just like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling we're going to have to jump around a lot. So if you're not, so to anybody who's listening, if you're not reading along with us, prepare to be very confused. Sure. Um, Going back now, we can both kind of agree that this book is actually kind of garbage garbage it's there's no other way to say that it's garbage. we haven't even gone to the racism yet we haven't even gotten to the juicy bits <laughs> it's like i don't remember like for whatever reason i don't remember bella being this insufferable because during, even during the first chapter she's comp- where she's just getting like getting ready to go mm-hmm. to the um the very first page i was just like oh Oh no. Oh no. I was wearing my favorite shirt, sleeveless, white eyelet lace. I was wearing it as a farewell gesture. My carry-on item was a parka. I'm like, okay, thanks, Bella. Thanks. Thank you for that fascinating information. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's so pretentious. Oh god, she just gets worse later. Like when she's describing his eyes in chapter two. Oh yeah. 
And no, she was no. like, "Let's let's talk about that actually, because I know the most common criticism against Twilight is that Bella is just a blank slate character, and yes. I kind of understand that she doesn't really have that much of a personality. But mm. I would argue she does, in fact, have a personality. Oh, she definitely does. It's the just pro- insufferable and plain. She's insufferable. She's plain. She comes off kind of antisocial, and very. This is like she's very like." kind of snobby and judgmental of everybody oh yeah i don't know it's it's weird and she attracts so many people and it's weird like a few chapters in there's like like mike and eric and they are oh they are ready they are ready for bella she hasn't even walked in the door and they're just like (gasps) ready to go ready to rock and roll they're like let us do this my favorite part is just like you're Isabella Swan, aren't you? He looked overly helpful. Chess club type. And I'm just like... Mm. Yeah, it's like very presumptuous presumptuous of you, Bella. I think we I should mean, take... Go ahead. Okay, I mean, like, I can get... I can get seeing, like, okay, chess club type. Like, I mean, yeah, it's definitely kind of... Whatever, you know, like, to kind of make that assumption. But, like, and so that one I can see. But how does somebody look overly helpful? Like, yeah. It's like, I don't understand that. It's just like, he's, when you first meet him, you don't have like, oh, he just wants to get bone down. Let's roll it back. Yeah, let's roll it back a little bit and talk about Bella. Because like I said, there is an argument to be made that she does have a personality. Mm -hmm. But it's annoying and pretentious and snobby as hell. And the fact that you're supposed to project yourself kind of onto her kind of says a lot. About Stephanie herself. About Stephanie. And what I find interesting about that is that, if I remember correctly, there was an article where she was talking about how, you know, this was all a dream of hers. Yep. This is based on a dream she had, and that makes sense. But I'm going to say My dreams are more comprehensive than what she's written. (laughs) But, um, get to the sparkling. Believe me, that's going to be a whole episode on its own. I wish I could sparkle on my own. Gosh, I was always jealous of that. Yeah. No, like, somebody made a very good point in comparison to other vampires who burn in sunlight. It's actually not that bad. Yeah. But we can go more into detail about that. But I want to focus a little bit on Bella and Stephanie Meyer's intention for her to be, like, this blank slate you can project yourself onto. This This is basically her fantasy. Mm, but let's oh, not... Yeah. Let's not, like, dance around this. That's clearly what's going on here. And yeah. as much as she likes to dance around it, it's it, that's really the case. Like, Bella is basically based on her appearance-wise. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what she was going for here of what, who is Bella, really? Do we really want to know, though? Yeah, that's true. You know how they say, like, show, don't tell? Mm-hmm. What you've shown me here so far is that she's kind of ungrateful. Mm-hmm. She's making herself more miserable. Definitely. And that's actually, the, that's actually the biggest thing that made me kind of hate Bella. Because in the first chapter, I kept mentioning how she's, like, basically saying she's punishing herself going to Forks and stuff like that. About going <sighs> to town and everything. Yeah. And I want to, let me, fo- I want to focus on that a little bit because this really, really, really bugged me. Yes, do it. Okay, I'm about ready. Let, let's let get into my biggest problem with Bella is the reason she decided to move to Forks in the first place. You would think that when you're establishing this this early, you would think there was like a massive reason why. It's not. It's, it's not. It's like, 
It was Forks that I now exiled myself, an action that I took with great horror. I detested Forks. And I'm like, then why are you going there? You obviously, right? you don't, you don't have a good relationship with your dad. You're going to a town that you don't even like. She even mentions that she, she keeps mentioning that she has to go to Forks, even though she would rather not, which makes it worse because this is her choice. Yeah. And then chapter three, she explains to Edward it's because her mom was unhappy. And part of me is just like, okay, you're 17 in this book? You could have you couldn't wait till you were done high school and then just move to Jacksonville with your mom? Mm -hmm. Your mom couldn't wait a year to be with year without her husband? Because that's what I moved to Arizona. My family was waiting for me to graduate before we all uprooted and went to Arizona to be with my dad. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard to wait. Yeah, to wait a bit. So like I understand that it's I think it's was supposed to be framed as selfless. But it really makes her come off kind of masochistic, really. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know what would have made this a little bit more interesting? If maybe Bella actually didn't have a good relationship with her stepfather, maybe he was like, or... Yeah, like if he wasn't like the greatest dude or whatever. Yeah, he wasn't the greatest dude. I mean, she, she may not have a good relationship with Charlie, but Charlie is like a million times... Like, in comparison, he would be a million times better. Mm -hmm. And maybe... I know that's going a bit extreme, but, like, anything. Maybe she was being severely bullied at school or something horrifying. Yeah, something else other than just... My <sighs> mom was unhappy. I mean, I guess that's nice or whatever, but... Yeah, yeah but she, she But the makes... way that she says it is not great. Yeah. And that's probably the... I know this is such a weird point to be, like, harping on. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's so early in the book to make kind of this big deal about why she's moving to Forks that she hates, doesn't have a good relationship with her dad, barely knows anybody. And that's what makes this even weirder. Because yeah. when we get to Edward, that mm -hmm. is the only light in this dreary town and everything. I, I'm really finding it hard to kind of steer off away from the hate boner that everybody pretty much has for this book. Mm -hmm. But it's but it's very easy to see why a lot of people... You're, you remember that Vine where there was like, Twilight's not literature or something like that? No, I don't think I actually do. <gasps> what is this? It was like a meme where like somebody was like, it's like, and here's your English tea. And here's your English room. And then the teacher is like banging the student's head. as like, Twilight's not literature. I'll send you the link later. Okay, cool. And here is our wonderful English class. Twilight isn't literature! Please. <laughs> anyway, it really says a lot about Bella. About the fact that, I mean, again, let's be fair here. She's being nice. She's saying, Mom, I care more about your happiness than my own. I'm mm -hmm. going to go stay with dad so you can be with your new husband. And that's really nice. Yeah. Let, let's not look that... Too deeply. Yeah, let's not look at that too deeply. What gets me is that she's... This would be more selfless if she was like 13 or 14. Yes, but she's on, she's like 16, 17. Yeah, she's 16, 17. She can wait a year. Her mom could probably wait a year. Mm -hmm. It would make more sense if like... um. 
they were just getting married and she was like 12 or something and it was her decisions like i'm gonna go stay with dad so you guys have more time together yeah that would make more sense but that's not what's going on here what's going on here i feel is that bella this is kind of like let's go into headcanon territory i honestly think bella is a little bit masochistic Mm. oh i definitely agree and i get the feeling that's not what stephanie meyer was intending oh god no no, she was intending for Bella to be come off as like selfless and like Edward even calls her out on it. Oh no, he does that. It's it's a theme. It's a reoccurring theme yeah. where he's just yeah. like, "You are so whatever." You are. He tells us. Yes. Although I will mm-hmm. say, okay, let's let's put put a pause for a second because I don't want this to podcast to be us just kind of bashing it. This is essentially a retrospective, kind of trying to figure out. Why did yeah. we like this? And I think a good way to do that is that we should do what I what I'm gonna steal from Jenny Nicholson. She called a compliment sandwich, <laughs> where we where we both kind of say one good thing, say one bad thing, say one good thing, say one bad thing about this book. So yeah, that's fair. Why don't you go first with one good thing or one bad thing? And do you uh, want from the whole book or just the first four chapters? Just the first four chapters. We can both well, Jessica's two. introduced, and I love Jessica. One Anna thing. Kendrick. What oh. about you? You go. Okay. Um, we're both gonna. Oh, I thought we were gonna do one good thing and then one bad thing, and then it goes to me, and I go one good thing, one bad thing. Oh, okay. Then I'll do another bad thing. Um, what's the bad thing? I had one in mind. Her pretentious use of words. Oh yeah, we'll get into the wordiness of the book, but okay. yeah, my good one. One good thing. The way yes. Bella describes things is generally, it is a generally interesting. I could very well visualize where she is and stuff like She has very yeah. good descriptions. The bad thing is that, like I said, it goes into it that it's good some places and then other places it's not. <laughs> it's like, it's, not, it's like it's very, not. it comes off very pretentious. Like I highlighted when she was describing herself. Mm-hmm. I was ivory skin. Without even the excuse of blue eyes or red hair, despite the constant sunshine, I had always been slender, but soft somehow. What? Obviously not an athlete. I didn't have necessary hand-eye coordination to play sports without humiliating sports. Sports without humiliating <laughs> myself. And harming both myself and everyone else who stood too close. Oh yeah, that's another thing. She's clumsy, so that's a flaw, obviously. Oh my goodness. It's the most obvious one ever. There's yeah. always clumsy. Like, that is number one for... Okay, I'm gonna go again, because there is another good thing I noticed throughout the book. It's often a stereotype, especially in YA novels, that the main mm-hmm. female character never notices the guy's feelings for her. In this, I can give her credit. She does know right off the bat that they, all these guys want to bone her. They, they want to... They all want a piece of that Bella ass, I guess, and she's not into it. Unless Thank it's Edward. goodness. And I'm gonna say, I forgot that she genuinely knew that Mike, Eric, and I guess even Tyler, but that's kind of debatable. Mm-hmm. Because, he, because in chapter three, he did almost kill her, so. Yeah, but to be fair, that was an accident. It yeah, was, it was an no, accident. and he did keep apologizing, like, but that can also just be guilt. Yeah, like, I, I get the feeling that he didn't actually like her. He just felt really, really guilty because of the accident. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's fair. But she, like, she treats it like it's a bad thing. But I mean, like, like I... over-apologizing can be, yeah. you know, like, obnoxious. 
I do it all the time. I know, me too. But <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I agree for me. I get annoyed by it by myself. No, for me, like I get annoyed with myself when I do it. I totally understand. You know yeah. what? Let's move past it. Let's move past it. So, I mean, I know we're kind of jumping around, but there's a lot to talk about and to kind of structure it chapter by chapter and deconstruct everything. We're going to be here forever. I think it's fair to say that this book deserves doesn't deserve us to go that in depth no nor do we deserve to waste our time doing that I mean we we chose to do this podcast because well I know but like by going in for hours and hours I will say this Bella is self-aware enough to the point where she actually has to ask herself where she's looking through like all her school assignments Mm -hmm. and you know she just kind of like goes i wonder if i can just use my old essays but i think she would argue that's cheating and i'm like well yeah it probably is yes probably although my favorite piece of uh foreshadowing was like no one was gonna bite me and i'm like (laughs) yeah sweet pea well let's let's get to um edward the leading man if you will like how he's first introduced Or at least how the Cullens are. Okay, so basically everybody's fawning over Bella, which is another thing, because, like, she makes... She makes it seem like it's a big deal that she's coming back to town. Right. And I get it. I live in a small town. Everybody knows everybody. I live in a... I live in a reservation. But the thing is, was when somebody moves away and they come back, everybody's not, like, obsessed over it. Everybody's just like, oh, did you hear so-and-so's back in town? It's like, no, that's nice. Okay, well, what are you going to want for breakfast? Oh, well, you see. Or, you know. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. but <laughs> this is she and she's upset about like how much attention she's getting. So she's just like, oh, man, I, I just wish I could. I just wish I could blend in. Then we get to the cafeteria scene where she's sitting with all her new friends. She can't keep everybody's name straight. And she's clearly uncomfortable and she's clearly giving off. I don't want to be here vibes. Yes. And yet everybody's treating her as if she's the greatest thing since life spread. So this is what got me. This is when she's describing the Cullens when she first sees them. They weren't talking and they weren't eating, though they each had a tray of untouched food in front of them. They weren't gawking at me, unlike most of the other students. So it was safe to stare at them without fear of meeting an excessively interested pair of eyes. I'm like, that's very presumptuous of you, Bella yes like it it seems like don't know how to describe it it's like one of those things where she's like i don't want the attention but i'm gonna soak it up anyway i don't want you all to notice me she says while obviously soaking in the Mm -hmm. information and this is where she like describes all the cullens at the same time yes they didn't look anything alike of the three boys one was big muscled like a serious weightlifter (laughs) dark curly hair another one was taller leaner with still muscular and honey blonde and i'm like i wonder what that looks like Hmm. um it obviously it looks like jackson rath (laughs) aka white sokka (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about we're not talking about that The last was lanky and less bulky, with an untidied, bronze-colored hair. He was the more boyish than the others. I wonder who that is. <laughs> who looks oh, like? I wonder. This is this is what gets me. Who looked like they could be in college or even teachers here rather than students? So let's not beat around the bush. They're vampires. They they th- live five ever. Yeah, five ever. But here's something I noticed about the first four chapters. 
they really play up the mystery of what these guys are. Because Bella is noticing, like, all these weird things about the Cullens and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, like, has nobody noticed how weird it is that these kids don't look like high schoolers or or that they're impossibly beautiful? They look like they haven't aged in the past three years. Look, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I didn't notice anybody at my school. Yeah. Like... I mean, to be fair, I was basically homeschooled, so, like, I didn't really have a whole lot of people to notice, but, like, when I went to school, no. I did not care at all to notice anybody. I mean, They probably, they might be thinking, geez, they're really hot. They hit the lottery, they hit the genetic lottery, and then they just kept on keeping on with their lives because, you know. But Bella, like, obsesses over, almost, like, immediately obsessed over these guys. It's like, the girls were opposites. The tall one was statuesque. She had a beautiful figure. The kind that you saw on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Oh, that's because she's bi. I know. She's having a bi attack and she doesn't even know it yet. No, they never do. Although my personal favorite is like, and yet they were all exactly alike. I'm like, huh, you just said they didn't look anything alike. Okay. Every one of them was chalky pale. The palest of all the students living in this sunless town. Paler than me. The albino. Ooh, and I'm just the like, albino. Oh the albino. I hated that joke. <laughs> to go back previously where she's like telling that shitty joke where they were mm. just like, wow, what must that be like? You know, Sonny, I told him. You don't look very tan. My mother is part albino. Wow. He studied my face apprehensively and I sighed. It looked like clouds and a sense of humor didn't mix. And I'm like, that's not even... It's like funny. Like, at all. It wasn't even a funny joke. That was like a sarcastic little thing. It was just a little quip. Yeah, it's like a little quip that wasn't like, what were you expecting? Obnoxious laughter as they all fawned and went, oh, Bella, you're so hilarious. You're so hilarious. (laughs) I want to get back because she I find it so funny that she hyper focuses on these guys because we get like a page of description on all of them. And I get it. They they stick out a little bit. Yeah. Because they look like almost godlike. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is how we're going to be introducing the male lead because mm-hmm. we then get to the description of who the Cullens are. That's Edward, Emmett Cullen, and Rosalie and Jasper Hale. The one who just left was Alice Cousin. Cullen. Cousin. <laughs> I love They Alice. all live together with Doc Cullen and his wife, she said under her breath. I'm just I like, love Esme. I love it. I love Dr. Cullen. Oh, I, I s- know. No, I know. I, I feel like this should have been his, his story. Honestly, that would have improved. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I would love to read more about Rosalie, though, because Rosalie was like the love of my life. I loved her. Yeah. Rosalie was... She was so interesting. I thought she I know, was interesting. But, but too bad we don't know much about her. Not until, like, what? Eclipse? Four. I don't know. I think so. I yeah. think it's Eclipse, yeah. I glanced sideways at the beautiful boy <laughs> who was looking at his trip now picking a bagel to pieces with long pale fingers Ugh, i hate that imagery i always just make me think slenderman <laughs> it's like the slender man <laughs> is it terrible that's okay, my first thought so i know they're all supposed to be foster kids and stuff like that but nobody seems to this is a trope that i kind of hate yeah and with a few exceptions but it's like, they're all very nice looking. I struggled with the cons- conspicuous understatement. Yes, Jessica agreed with another giggle. With another giggle. I can't read today. They're all together, She just together, giggled all though. the time. They're like, all together, together, together. Emmett and Rosalie and Jasper and Alice, I mean. And they live together. And they Ugh. were roommates. <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's I mean, that's true, essentially though. what the... 
Yeah. And I'm like, her voice held all the shock and condemnation of us of the small town. I thought critically. I'm like, you don't that think that's a little weird? That is like, I understand the foster care thing. According to their story, they all grew up together and the parents are just fine with them not viewing each other as siblings. Like this is okay. It's weird. Yeah. This is a tangent I have. Because my brother and sister are obsessed with, like, the the Umbrella Academy. That sh- new show on Netflix <laughs> in the comic book. And it weirds yeah. me out, too, that Luther... Spoilers, by the way. That Luther... Upcoming... And, upcoming spoilers for the Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy spoilers. That Luther and the rumor are, like, in love with each other. But they grew up together. They don't have an excuse. Oh, my God. They... I hate it so much. Like, okay, it is... First of all, I could rant about that, actually, so I'm not going to start on it. But yeah, I totally agree with what you mean. No, but I'll stop what, there. What weirds me out is that is that they're supposed to be raised as brother and sister. That's the story they made up for each other. Like that they were all, all adopted and raised together. Yeah, and yet they're all together, except Edward. And I'm just like... He didn't then, get his mate. And I'm like sitting there like... You could have just said that um, there was so many ways that you could have gotten around this. Yes. You, you could have said, I don't know, maybe they were all adopted as teenagers or something, or I don't know. Maybe that would probably like, be better. Like um, they had already been together or whatever when the Cullens adopted them. Yeah, they were already a couple. and Or like maybe it's just like a thing where they're just letting the kids hang out with their maybe they're all homeless or something <laughs> yeah that's like, it those find... really super hot people and really expensive clothes <laughs> yeah they're all homeless <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> we're homeless before the the cullens came in like don't live on the street beautiful children Come live <laughs> you're in our too house hot and... to be homeless <laughs> you're too hot to be homeless <laughs> okay look i'm T-shirt. gonna say it if i was a kid on the street and then some guy came up to me and was like you're too hot to be homeless or whatever i'd be like hmm, that's cool i'm gonna call the cops now well i'm not gonna call the cops i'm gonna leave right now it's like this is, could either lead to an amazing uh story or it could lead to me being stuffed in a basement by the way or, by the way by the way by the way too hot to be homeless it sounds like a t-shirt like a really shitty i'm gonna get t-shirt gonna get it i'll we'll make it, it. <laughs> we'll make it but yeah that's what creeps me out about the whole why i don't like uh luther and allison is because they were literally raised together since yeah. babies and there's a psychology thing like if you're raised closely with somebody even though you know they're not your blood related and you're told treat her like your sister you're gonna start thinking of her like your sister yeah that's just what's like, gonna happen yeah it's like it's a psychology thing but again people are people are weird <laughs> yeah but, but i guess like you can make an argument for the whole Emmett and rosalie and jasper and alice is that that's the cover story is that they're foster kids mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i feel like the cullens should have come up with a thing if like they started making out with each other because everybody on their little group of people they know what's going on yeah on the outside that's just weird yeah i, I mean i would be like that's probably why they keep going to small towns is because they're all like you know what Weird stuff is more acceptable in small towns. I don't know if that's true or not. I- but I feel like, given that context, even even people, if vampires moved to our town, said, here's our five children. Also, two of, two two of, of them. them are dating. Like, two of the pairs are dating. Everybody like, would hmm. just be like, ew. 
gross. <laughs> ew. It's like, ew. I'd probably just be like, well, people are weird. Well, I'd probably just keep going because I'd be like, whatever. I don't oh, want to. I don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell me anymore. <laughs> Which ones are the Cullens? I asked. They don't look related. Oh, they're not. <laughs> oh yeah she explains after the fact yeah and bella's not like looking at her side eyeing like what do you mean they're all together i thought you said they were all the cullens dr cullen is really young in his 20s or 30s they're all adopted the hales are brother and sister twins the blondes they're foster children they look mm-hmm. a little old to be foster children. They are now. Jasper and Rosalie are both 18, but they've been with Mrs. Cullen since they were eight. She's like their aunt or something. And I'm just, I know we probably shouldn't be hyper-focused. Like I said, we shouldn't be hyper-focusing on every little thing because we'll be here forever. Yes. But this whole exchange, I know we it's went on that weird. Whole, it's just weird because like Bella doesn't like, isn't like immediately grossed out about the fact if she had not been told that they were... Oh, no, 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 wait. She was told that they were adopted. Yes. Beforehand. And she just goes she, with it. Yeah. Everybody just goes with it. So, point num- So, let's go to my next point. Nobody in Forks notices a thing. No. No. Like, let's, let's skip to the They're famous... They're busy. Like, let's skip to the famous scene where Bella almost gets killed and Edward saves her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the big description of Edward swooping in to save her and then... Dramatically, you know, like, it didn't happen in slow motion. He, like, dents the car trying to save her and then... Oh, yeah. He, like... Hot stuff. Yep, hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Edward was standing four cards down from me, staring at me in horror. His face stood out from a sea of faces, all frozen in a same mask of shock. But the more immediate importance of the dark blue van that was skidding tires locked and squealing against the brakes spinning wildly across the ice and parking lot. It was going to hit the back corner of my truck, and I was standing between them. I didn't even have time to close my eyes. Now that's good tension. I'm going to say that. Yeah. It's that a is, good build-up. It's, it's good build-up, especially when, like, I'm going to add that to another, like, four good points about Twilight. Uh, I don't know. I'm really bad at keeping track. I don't count things. Then his hands moved so fast they blurred. I was suddenly gripping under the body of the van and something was dragging me, swinging my legs around like a rag doll's till they hit the tire of the tan car. A groaning metallic... I don't understand that. I read that passage like several times and I didn't... Did he throw her? Yep. He just launched... Yeet! (laughs) He's like, yeet! This bitch <laughs> empty, literally, yeet. yeet! That's exactly what happened. Exactly where a second ago my legs had been. <laughs> this is going to become a theme, because I remember Bella gets thrown around a lot. Oh, yeah. She's very durable. I know, right? Like, jeez, you throw me, if I, you threw me around, I'd probably land and never get up again. I'd just lie <laughs> there and be like, bring the will maker to me. <laughs> it's like, I die here today. I'd be like, I we didn't even throw me. you that hard. I'd be like, doesn't matter. I'm dead now. I could hear more than one person shouting my name, but more clearly than all the other thing, I could hear Edward Cullen, low and frantic voice in my ear. Bella, are you all right? I'm fine. My voice sounded strange. Yeah, I wonder why. Probably because, you know, everything terrible is happening. And I love how at the beginning of this, she's like, she slips on some ice. She's like, well, I guess this is the beginning of a very bad day. And I'm just like, I mean, I guess. If you want to look at it like that. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing about Edward. 
is like he rushes in and saves her and stuff like that and nobody notices how weird that is and then he like makes up the story on the spot it's like oh it was, you were standing next to me and, and she's like no no obviously not and he's like listen you don't understand you totally were i swear and she's like what what okay so i actually forgot about this about the book is that edward and bella ever since their like little incident when they first met when edward looked like bella was the worst smelling thing ever even though (laughs) even though because i read that passage he's been giving her really mixed signals and stuff i know he keeps he he gave go ahead no he's just like so indecisive and like like i'd be super annoyed i'd probably just start stop talking to him honestly i'd be like whatever i know we're like i said i'm sorry we're jumping all over the place but the reason why i wanted to bring up the car thing was because this is like he keeps talking about how we shouldn't be together and Stuff like that. And he almost exposes himself and his family. And nobody notices. Nobody brings it up. They just accept, oh. Ah, uh, yes. Edward Edward um, pushed. Edward was standing next to Bella. When he clearly wasn't. Bella shouldn't have been the only one to notice that he was like, what, four cars away before he super sped over there? I don't know what you're talking about. I think it was totally obvious. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew, everybody knows they're vampires and they just don't really care. They're all like, you know what? Whatever. And it's like, you know what? This keeps our town a little bit interesting. As long as they don't eat people, it's fine. This is literally all we have to, like, this is literally <laughs> all we have. Please don't take this from us. <laughs> I love this headcanon that everybody knows the Cullen, the Cullens are trying so hard to keep, to keep the fact that they're vampires, but the whole town knows and they don't care. I know, and they're just like, this is all we have. This is the only interesting thing. But when he saves her and stuff like that, and she points out how weird that is, and I'm like, you know, I get the feeling that this is probably, there's probably another story in here where, like, a a town actually, like, gets vampires, but the vampires only feed on, like, that actually would make a really cool TV series where a family of vampires moves into a new town. Mm-hmm. And they like agree to protect the town from like other supernatural creatures that mean them harm as long as they can like live there and chill. Yeah. And the whole town is like, okay. All right. All right. As long as you don't eat people. And they're like, never. And they're like, awesome. That's that, that, rad. That actually sounds like a really interesting, interesting TV show. I think it could work, actually. It just depends. Yeah, it just depends. And then we can, and then people can claim we're we ripped off Twilight, and I'll be like, yes, we totally did. And you know what? It worked. They're like, well, yeah, I guess I guess it is a better TV show. I don't know when he saves her and stuff like that. It's just like, and then he makes a big deal about the fact she won't stop asking him questions and stuff like that. That's what gets me. It's like he saves her. He does this impossible feat that clearly she's... I'll give her this. Bella is... You could say a lot of things about Bella, but she's not dumb. Mm-hmm. She clearly I mean, she, she can be. She can be dumb, but, you know, we all have our dumb and smart moments. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, there is no way that he she was going to forget about that. And Edward expects her, you know, not tell anybody. And she clearly keeps that part of the deal, but he expects her to just drop it? Yep. And it's like... They're already fighting, and it's treated as sexual tension and stuff like that. 
And it's like, uh, no, he's just, well, that's because that, that's how Mormons are. Well, like, because they don't get along. No, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, because women are always subservient. I don't know. So it's a power fantasy that Bella is, like, kind of standing up to him. She's like, look, I'm going to keep your secret, but what the fuck is going on? That's what I forgot, is that, like, she doesn't take this lying down. She, like, she, like, doesn't know what to make of Edward. And Edward is constantly ma- sending her mixed signals. Like, he tells her... Uh, what what was it? He tells her, like, I said we shouldn't be friends, but I didn't say that I didn't want to be friends. And I'm like, what? The- I would have been like, what the if heck? That were, that, if that were me, I'd just be like, um, okay, what the hell does that even mean? Okay, bye, whatever. I, I, I don't want to deal with this. I'm tired. And then, you know, that's the thing, is that he knows that this is bad. Because, again spoilers like quotation mark spoilers he's a vampire (gasps) i mean what yeah but that's another thing i wanted to bring up like throughout the book they're dropping hints about edward is something supernatural Mm -hmm. and we get that what is he and stuff like that but you know they ruined it because in the on the back of the on the back of the book they outright say he was a vampire so that kind of just takes away the mystery because you already know yeah you've told us You've told us. We know. And I actually have this on my, um, I have this on my notes when they're like, we scowled at each other in sonnet, in silence. And this is after their first big fight about the fact that Edward won't explain what's going on and she won't drop the fact that he lifted a car to save her. I mean, I'd really want to know what was going on. Yeah. It's like, ah, the animosity. It must be love. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't push me away from a car (laughs) or a van. But at the end of that, it's like, I want to say that um, Edward has clearly not made a very good first impression on Bella. No, he hasn't. So I don't understand why she starts obsessing with him. Is it just because he's hot? Yeah. And and then the more I read, like, she only describes, like, how hot he is. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that's basically it. That's all that matters, obviously. I was consumed by the mystery of Edward presented, and more than a little obsessed by Edward himself. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, like I said, at least she's self-aware. Right? She's like, this is dumb, which is exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be like, what? I remember a post on Tumblr, surprise, that uh, (laughs) somebody said, like, the only way to describe, like, Jane Austen characters is that they they hate the fact that they love each other. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that's what they're trying to do with this. She's no Jane Austen, though. No, clearly not. I I wrote another, like, okay, so in the span of a week of knowing Edward Cullen, within the week of knowing each other, Edward Cullen has made Bella uncomfortable, second-guessed herself, uh, saved her life, then lied about it, intimidated her not to say anything, and then tried to pretend that nothing happened. And while Bella is, like, very Perfect. clearly having mixed feelings on him. She's still clearly obsessed with him. I don't know what you're talking about. That's perfect spouse material. But, you know, I've met a lot of assholes like this in my lifetime. I've met a, guy, a lot of guys who, like, made me uncomfortable and then tried to act like nothing was wrong the next day. And you know what I did? I just kind of stopped talking to those guys. Uh, I had a person that was like that, but I was a, it was a woman that was doing that to me, and... I didn't stop talking to her. She ended up stopping. She ended up not talking to me. And then I was like obsessed with winning her back. And then it, it was a big thing. And let's not talk about it. It all worked out in the end. I figured out what happened. 
So, you know, I can understand. But, like, on the other hand, you have to understand, like, when you grow up in a Mormon culture, and I feel like that is something here, is that, like, you get manipulated like that so easily in Mormon culture. Like, I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen, I don't know if you've seen, uh, what's it called? The Abducted in Plain Sight. I have not, but... But, like, the abuser manipulates both of the parents twice and kidnaps their daughter twice and like that's just like it's so there's no boundaries in the mormon church there's like it's not handled well and so like for me like that actually made sense like the fact that she was like obsessing over this dude that was making her feel like crap or whatever because he would also make her feel good at times too and like that's just setting up for bad and i don't even think stephanie meyer realized that but i don't know that kind of got lost I think so, yeah. And you bring up an interesting point, because, like, I, that's a very interesting point that I didn't think of. Because, again, I'm not, I'm not Mormon. I don't know anything about the practices other than what I. God, I wish that were me. <laughs> but then again, I um, was raised Catholic as a very early age, and none of that ever stuck. Stuck still. But, you know, I don't feel like this type of stuff would fly. Because my culture tends to be very matriarchal. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, no. Mormon the, church is so patriarchal. It is yeah. all about the dudes. Yeah. Oh, my but, God. But, like, women get to make the final decision and stuff like that. So if a guy was treating her like this and she said, and she said, fuck off, he had no choice but to respect that. Or else, you know, he'd be like, get beat up by the mom and the dad and the brothers and the uncles and the aunts. And maybe some of the nieces and nephews. Not in Mormon culture. I'm sorry if there's any Mormons that listen to this that are probably all like, what's with all the Mormon bashing? Because you're going to be, you better brace yourself. Yeah. Allie was raised Mormon. (laughs) No, but it's funny, too, because she has three guys coming after her. Mm -hmm. And And she goes for the one that makes her feel like crap. Yeah. I, I will say, Mike, I can understand she doesn't like him because he's way over eager. He makes yeah. it very clear that he wants to go to Bone Town on her. Yeah, he's like, I'm ready. Let's let us like, get like, together. He, he is like he pressures her into like asking him out to like the Sadie Hawkins dance or whatever, and she's like, Nah, not not really, no. And he's like, Oh, come on, why not? Yeah. And, and then you have Eric, who I actually kind of like because he seems genuinely friendly. Yeah. Even if, and he he genuinely seemed really nice. She even said it herself. He was like the nicest guy out there because he asked, how's your day and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tyler Crowley, who, you know, again, accidentally almost killed her and is like trying to make amends. And I honestly, and she makes a point that Mike and Eric were less friendly to him than they were with each other. Which made me worry how he had gained another unwelcomed fan. And I'm just like, or maybe he feels really, really guilty and is trying to make up to- with you. That's why he said, maybe if I let her take me to the dance, it will make everything okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's just so much that's happening and it's all just a mm-hmm. huge hot mess. Yeah. And then she chooses to hyper-focus on the super hot guy, which... Because he's hot. Yeah. And, and that... That's the other thing. There's nothing about Edward, personality-wise, that has made her want to obsess with him and stuff like that. No. All he's done, all he's done, is like, rest, made some weird faces, 
did a science lab experiment with her where they made awkward small talk. God, it was so awkward. Yeah, and, like, flirting? I don't know. And he made such a bad first impression. Like, he immediately, he, she caught him. He ran from her. Yeah. She made, she had a very good point that she thought he didn't like her and stuff like that. And then he's like, oh, I wonder why she thinks I don't like her. And I'm just like. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. Okay, so later in class, Mike is like glaring at, um, glaring or like very cool because Edward and Bella are kind of fighting and they're, hold on, let me read you this passage. Yes. Mike, at least, was pleased by the obvious coolness between me and my lab partner. I could see he had been worried that Edward's daring rescue might have impressed me, and he was relieved that it seemed to to have the opposite effect. Well, he doesn't even know anything about their other interactions. Yeah. And I'm just like, what interact- it's like- it it seems like Mike has the same problem as- Edward and Jacob is that they're so easily jealous of guys even sitting next to Bella. Which is super unhealthy, and if yeah. your current whatever is doing that, you need to run. The, here's the thing, that I know we completely skipped that chapter, but I think that's another point about this against this book, is that nothing really happens no. other than other, like, when she almost gets hit by the car, that's kind of a Something that actually happens. The rest of it is just, Edward looked at me. We did a science thing. We looked at microscopes. Science. Science. We talked a little. It was super awkward. It was super awkward. And I guess they're flirting? That is a woman flirting, probably. I don't know. I didn't flirt with anyone. It's also the same. Hold on. I, I, I found it when she, like, finally explains why she moved to Forks. Yes. His graze was becoming appraising. You put on a good show, he said slowly. But you're but suffering with, more. But you're suffering more than you let anyone else see. And I'm like, N- I'm pretty sure she's not very subtle about it. She's very clearly miserable. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I know. Like, like, more than anybody sees, like... What? Either that or everybody's really fucking dense. Well. I grimace at him, resisting the impulse to stick out my tongue like a five-year-old and look away. I'm like, sexy. Hot. Yeah. Okay, you know what? There was one thing in this chapter I did really like, and it was when she was in her car and she got to the she got to the um the school and she discovered that Charlie had put the, the snow stuff on her tires. Oh yeah, that's I was so like, nice. that is so sweet. And then she was like she got all choked up because she wasn't used to people doing stuff for her and I was like, Whoa, what? Like that was just like weird because I was like, Are you saying like your mom didn't do anything for you? And I'm like, Yeah, that that's weird. I know she describes her mom as flighty and stuff like that, but that's a weird implication that her mom literally does nothing does, for her. Yeah, does nothing to help her and stuff like that, and that that, that makes me a little bit worried. Yes, but I don't but know. yeah, that scene was really sweet. I liked it. I know, I know. I choked up a little bit too. I'm like, oh, Charlie is the best. I love Charlie. He is Charlie, can, the can best character. Your, okay, we're gonna go on another tangent because Charlie is the best. Let, let's all agree. I think everybody universally agrees that Charlie is the best. He is. He is without a doubt the best character. Him yeah. and I like, I love him. He is so sweet and he really just genuinely cares about Bella and like yeah. he cares about her mom too. Like he remembers details like from when they were living together. Like when he asked her, what are you cooking? And it's like he remembered that her mom made these weird concoctions 
auctions. And it's just like, he's just a genuinely good dude. And he's like, he just wants to take care of his daughter that he hasn't seen in forever. Yeah, and it it makes it even more egregious when he, like, gets her a car for, like, fairly cheap and stuff like that. And it still runs. And it's like, it's all he can afford. And she's like, wow, free. But she gets, like, a little choke. I wouldn't even say she is, like, not, she's not ungrateful. It's just that it comes off as, like, wow, thanks, Charlie. I wanted to do this myself. Like, bitch, he got you a car. Like, come on. That... Come on. And the other thing I like, I, w- I was kind of joking to myself because when um when they're having dinner in what in I think chapter two when she brings mm-hmm. up the Collins, he yeah. like gets really defensive about the Collins. That's because he has a huge crest on Carlisle. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, there's a better story in here about him having a huge crush. He has a man crush on um Carlisle. Carlisle. And if Carlisle is as handsome as everybody makes him out to be, I don't doubt that. That I mean, there are not guys who don't have crushes on him. You know what? You know what? Let's rewrite Twilight and make Charlie a middle-aged monster hunter and stuff like that. Let's and just rewrite it with, like, Charlie at the center of it. Charlie at the center of it. And then this family of vampires comes in and Charlie finds out that they're actually, re- that it's a single father. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he has, yeah. like, this whole, like, bi attack of, oh, my God, am I into dudes, too? Am I into dudes, too? And, like, you can make Edward and Bella, like, you know, backstory. Yeah, not even backstory of just, like... Background. Like, they're just there. They're just there. And, no, then you can have, like, an awkward moment where Edward and Bella, like, look like they're kind of into each other, but Charlie and Carlisle haven't told their kids yet that they're kind of dating right now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So it makes things a little bit awkward. Oh, my gosh. You know what? We, We can... We can write this fanfic. Girl, I have to tell you something later. Okay, about, like, fathers and sons dating the same. Or fathers and daughters, whatever, dating. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, yeah, it's like, he's, like, super defensive about Cullen and stuff. Carlisle, he has nothing but good things to say about him. And you think that it's going to be in like, he hates Edward, but he hates the Cullens and he doesn't. For anything, he sounds like the only guy who actually likes them and respects them. And like I said, there's a much better story in here. You know what? That's what Twilight should be known as. This book of wasted potential. The book of better side characters than main characters. And I think that's the biggest problem that I can agree here. Because even when I was a huge, huge fan of Twilight, even I noticed that Alice was a much better character. I loved Dr. Alice. Alice was a much better character. Rose- Rosalie. Rosalie. Okay, thank you. You're Rosalie welcome. was a much better character. Dr. Car- Carlisle was a much better character. Res- Rin. Esme was there. Was there. I don't She was there. Yeah, that's... And I feel bad. I'm pretty... And I feel bad because I don't really remember her doing anything other than... She welcomed Bella in and she was like, she was just very, I don't know how to say this without, like, like she was just very typical housewife, whatever. Like that was kind of how she was betrayed. I wonder if that's attributed to, attributed to the fact that, you know, the author is Mormon herself. Oh, it totally is. Like, that's exactly how. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I didn't want to, I wanted to bring that up too. It was just like, Bella is the only one in the house at the moment that knows how to cook. Mm -hmm. And Part of me, when I was reading that part, was just like, is this a Mormon thing? <sighs> From I don't sign. know. I mean, I it probably is, but like, 
like there the women do all the cooking and cleaning and stuff like that because women are subservient or whatever but like i don't know because i never really interacted with people very much like that because i always ended up getting mad so i mean (laughs) (laughs) but i'm pretty sure it is yeah no i'm what i'm thinking though is that i don't want to chalk that up as misogyny is the thing Yes. I think it's mostly I think it's internalized misogyny. I I was going to say that it's internalized because again, knowing the author is Mormon, you are raised in a, a culture. It lo- it's like it makes a lot of sense. I was raised it was kind of reworded in a way that makes it more sound like a balancing act. Yeah. Like the men do the hunting and the cooking and the protecting, the women take care of the children, but the women are the ones who are in charge. The women, yeah. because the women gave birth, they're the ones who get to call the shots. Yeah. And that's just kind of how I was raised. So to see, like, Bella do the cooking and the cleaning and Charlie be treated as if he can't even take care of himself, that just kind of makes me raise an eyebrow. Well, you know, it's like those constant jokes of, like, oh, I have to cook all these meals for my husband before I leave on a trip, otherwise he'll starve to death without me. Ha ha ha. Yeah, and it was just like, I'm, it would have been interesting if, like, Charlie did actually teach himself how to cook. Because my brother's on his own, my brother lives in his own apartment, and he's teaching himself how to cook. Good for him. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm pretty. Yeah. And I feel I... like if he's been a, I know we're all kind of all over the place, but again, nothing really happens in these first four chapters. And we yeah. still have, like, four, 500 pages to go, oh. 400 and something pages to go. Oh, we geez. haven't even hit... At chapter four, we just hit the hundred page mark and nothing really happened other than Bella almost gets hit by a truck and Bella doesn't want to go to um, Forks. prom, wants, doesn't want to go to prom with or the Sadie Hawkins dance and Edward and her decide to go to Seattle because she wants to escape. Yep. And that's really it. It made me realize something. I think this is just me. I think the reason why I kind of liked these books was because of how easy to read it was. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of it. This is going to sound like a backhanded compliment. (laughs) But there are some kind of good things about it. It's not the worst thing I've ever read. Oh, no, I've read worse. Trigger warning. Not trigger warning. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were... It's like, I knew what you were referencing, but for a half second I was just like, trigger warning, is she going to say something controversial? Always. (laughs) Anyway, it's not badly written. But then again, part of me was thinking, I've read good fan fiction written kind of like this. Mm -hmm. I've probably written this fan fiction. I know I have. (laughs) That's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, we all have to start somewhere. But it's clear that's... I'm going to give Steffi Meyer this. It's clear she is genuinely kind of a good writer. Yeah, she, she has just, potential. She has potential. She was just like really gun-ho on this, this unfortunate. idea. Which is unfortunate. Yes. But I feel like this couldn't have been a bad book had maybe an editor gone in, cut down some of the wordiness, maybe made something a little bit interesting, maybe cut down the characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like just add, just done a little bit more thorough. Yeah. And I think that's why I kind of liked it. I was so invested in, like, the side characters. I'm like, ooh, where's this going? Oh, yeah. That I te- that I didn't pay attention to kind of how insufferable Bella is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just all I have to say on it. And, like I said, we haven't even hit the racism. We had we haven't even hit the racism or anything like that, but 
I will say this. I think I made a mistake. <laughs> Starting this? Reading it again? Reading it again. I think I'm going to start listening to it with my brothers again. I think that'll be hilarious. I will say, I do enjoy that we're kind of riffing it, but I I don't- Here's the thing. I don't remember defending this book. I just remember somebody like making fun of it. was like, I don't know. Just like it. I, I probably did defend it because I'm stubborn and I defend everything that I like or whatever because I'm garbage. But, you know, like, that's just who I am. I'm very argumentative. <laughs> but I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think what I think is that there is some good in these books. I will give it this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun just to read it and then kind of make fun of it because of yes. how kind of cheesy and ridiculous it is. And I guess if we go from that angle, it's... It, yeah. might, it might be a much easier read. But as of right now, all I can say is... Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I think I made a mistake. This was a mistake. I, I messed up. Alright, any final thoughts? I don't know. I think we kind of covered it here. I mean, I feel pretty well. Like, I did my thing. So... Join us next time as we continue our descent into madness as we try and figure out... Is there a plot? Here's something I realized. There's no plot to Twilight. So not shall yet. we find the... Oh, yeah, not yet. But, you know, will we find the plot? I have no idea. So, join us next time for Afterlight. I hope you laughed. I hope you cried. I hope what? you... I don't know. Okay, what chapters are we covering next week? That's what I'm getting to. So, by next time, I hope everybody has read chapters 5 through 8. Alright. And, and as we continue to find out... Is there a plot to Twilight? I think? Maybe? Yeah, that's debatable. We'll see. So anyway, thank you for joining us on this journey. I hope you have a wonderful day, night, evening, thing. Whatever. Wherever Whatever. you are. Wherever and whenever you are. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Onigiwa. Bye. Thanks for listening to the first official episode of Afterlight. I really, really, really appreciate that you guys are taking the time to listen to this, especially with all the audio dips. That's completely on me. What I wanted to say is that I really appreciate that you guys are listening to this on SoundCloud. It's not going to be on SoundCloud forever. Right now, I'm working on getting a Facebook page going just as a kind of starter thing, but all updates should be official on the official website, which is afterlightpodcast.wixsite.com. So if you want to get in contact with us, uh, send us an email at afterlight.podcast at gmail.com. I'll try to get to as many as I possibly can. I just really appreciate this because this is the first podcast me and Allie have ever basically done, if it's not obvious by now. So if you guys would like to help us out, as of right now, really only sharing it with your friends and, you know, kind of getting the word out is probably the only way at this point. Uh, I am thinking about possibly doing a Twitter, but I don't really like Twitter all that much. But again, we'll see. Things change, I suppose. But again, the only way to contact us at the moment is afterlight.podcast.gmail.com on our uh, homepage. 
the next episode should be uploaded on the 14th and then after that it should be uploaded on the 28th so thanks again guys so much for joining us this it really means a lot to me and i hope you guys join us again bye bye